How's it going, everybody? This is me again, your host, Chewy, and I want to welcome you back to the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends, or welcome you for the first time if you're a first time listener. And I am once again joined by my good friend Monica. Hi, guys. So, as uh, has become somewhat of a tradition, like unspoken tradition, Monica and I had a, a feels to feels conversation <laughs> earlier. Uh, but I appreciate that about her, and I just want to give her a shout out early in the episode because, you know, she's a good friend. Thanks, uh, <laughs> so are you. <laughs> it's been eh. <laughs> At work, uh, just the regular stuff. Actually, we started receiving a whole bunch of merchandise because of everything that's been happening for the past year. Um, we had a lot of stuff on back order, meaning that we ordered stuff back in September, October, November, and we're barely getting it right now. You can believe that. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of stuff coming in. I had to put stuff away, label it, put it on the floor, and that was not fun. But yeah, I'm tired. It sounds exhausting. Exhausting. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I mean, it's just like big speakers and stuff like that. Because I mean, I work in a music store. Full disclaimer, in case you guys didn't know that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, anyways, let's go ahead and remind our listeners of our social media accounts. Our Facebook is under Expert in the Myths Behind the Legends. Our Instagram is under Myths Behind LGDS. Our Twitter is Myths Behind LGDS, and you can also email us at mitsbehindlegends at gmail.com cool and we have our link tree which is also under Mets behind LGDS uh, our letterboxed which is also under Mets behind LGDS and our website which is myths hyphen behind hyphen legends dot mailchimpsites.com I just wrote a whole letter in the time that you were saying that I'm just <laughs> it- mostly written but <laughs> you finished the letter i finished the letter yes cool uh so monica we have come to the part of the episode in which you reveal to the audience what our topic is okay let's drum roll in case you guys can tell um uh, <laughs> we decided to watch cloverfield today Is there any reason why you chose to watch this movie, by the way? No, I just hadn't seen it in a really long time. And um, I remember it being one of my favorite movies Mm -hmm. in the day. And this movie actually came out when I used to work at a movie theater. So, um, yeah. And it was the first time that they did one of those, like, point of view uh, movies. Like, that was one of the first ones, I think, the, the Cloverfield one. And I remember when I worked at the movies... Um, and that movie came out, we had a lot of people walking out and throwing up in the trash cans because they couldn't <laughs> handle the motion. <laughs> they did motion sickness and they didn't like the, the point of view that the camera, I mean, that the movie was filmed at. And I thought it was fucking awesome. I was like, okay, this is, this is different. This is cool. Why are people throwing up? It's not even that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold your thoughts, my friend, because I do want to discuss that in our critique segment, which is coming right next after these messages. Wait. 
Okay, everyone, we have come to the critique part of the podcast episode in which normally when we do a film or a show or something like that, we kind of start dissecting the technical aspects of the film. <laughs> so the camera work, the lighting, the acting, the plot, uh, we kind of just skim over that as opposed to season one, which we did a scene by scene breakdown. Right, Monica? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So if you're a first-time listener, that's what we do here. That's what we're all about in this critique segment. And I want to start off by going right back to what you were saying you know, a couple minutes ago. The style in which the movie was shot. So you're saying you liked it? Yes, I did. It didn't make you feel any dizziness or uncomfortable at all or anything like that? No, because I'm not a little wimp. I can <laughs> handle it. <laughs> When I first saw it, like, I mean, I, I was like, ooh, I wonder if it's going to make me throw up. It didn't. Like, and I mean, yeah, it moves a lot. I think the first time I, that I saw it, I missed a lot of things because I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. But it didn't, it didn't upset me. Like, it didn't make me feel nauseous or anything. I, th I actually liked it. I thought it was cool because it was like, there's all this stuff going on. And then my, my brain was just like going crazy. It was nice. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was interesting. Uh, I think this movie came out sometime, like some a good amount of time after the Blair Witch, which is the first one that I remember being like the the a big deal. And that's only one of the similarities because I, I do want to touch up on that a little bit more in the next segment, just a little bit because they don't have too much to do with each other, but there's a couple of similarities, and that being one of them that they're shot in first person, like documentary style. Yeah. To me, I do feel like it was a little bit too shaky. I wasn't made uncomfortable or I didn't feel any motion sickness or anything like that but I do feel like some of the things were difficult to catch like you were saying also uh, so it was a little bit difficult of a watch to me or for me because I don't have you know epilepsy or anything like that but I did have seizures when I was a kid oh, okay so sometimes I, I don't get triggered like I don't, I don't have any seizures or anything like that or any attacks but Sometimes, I, when I watch something that's really shaky or a lot of bright lights, for example, I, I do start getting, like, headaches. Okay. Sometimes. And I kind of started getting one as I was watching this, but not too crazy. It was just kind of like like mild discomfort, but not, not anything that I felt was going to make me throw up or anything. So, huh. yeah, I mean, it was interesting and how difficult it must have been for them to shoot like that, you know I mean? It, just the, the technical aspects of it, of, of somebody walking around with a camera running around and doing all these and granted a lot of this is more than likely cgi yeah 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 because when it's a camera it's like come on you can't get it that clean like by just you know i do want to bring up also the the producer of this film was jj abrams who is known for being involved in a lot of stuff for example the shows like alias and lost uh-huh he was also involved with other films like star trek from 2009 and I want to touch up on, the, on those things also a little bit. It's kind of like a little teaser for you guys out there because these things are going to be coming back a little bit later in the episode. Did you ever see any, any of those, by the way? Uh, I remember Lost being a huge deal when I was younger, but I never watched it, ever. Lost? Uh-huh. I did see it. I didn't finish it, though. But somebody told me, like, what happened or, like, what it was about. And I kind of figured it out, too, but, like, I didn't finish watching the whole thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I... <laughs> It may sound like I'm like a little hipster or something, but I never really get into stuff that's popular for some reason. I mean, it's really rare. Like, the one exception that I can think of right now is The Walking Dead. I love that show. And I haven't watched it in a while because I don't have cable anymore, but it's on Netflix. So I, I got to catch up on the last couple of seasons of that because I, I think I'm in season seven right now. J.J. Abrams directed that one too? 
No, but I'm just giving an example uh, of, of me being like a little hipster and not and hating everything that's popular. <laughs> that's not always the case, but it, it just seems to me like that show had a lot of hype around it. And I don't know what yeah. was going on back then. I, I can't remember how long ago it was, but I, I mean, I must have been busy with either school or work or both. <laughs> Too busy to be bothered to watch Lost. Yeah, dude, I, I, I never really felt compelled to watch it or, or even like, you know, talk to people about it or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. Alias, I do know it's about a secret agent type of thing. Uh, that was a Jennifer Garner, by the way. Yeah, I remember that one. I didn't really watch that one either. I mean, I might have caught a couple of episodes here and there, but I never really followed it. Uh-huh. And Star Trek, the film from 2009, it was okay, I guess. I mean, it was, it was an okay film. I, didn't, I mean, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan either. <laughs> and, and the audience probably hates me now. <laughs> I don't like anything. <laughs> You're so picky. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad property. I just, I, I enjoy some of that stuff, uh, but I, I'm not too much into it. But yes, yeah, so we're, we're going to come back to those in, in a little bit later. So here comes the part that I, I was looking forward slash not looking forward to. Uh-huh. Which to me is the characters. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask you your opinion. What do you think of the characters? I forgot that the HUD guy was that actor that that guy was actually in the sh- in the movie um i forgot what his name is but he comes out in silicon valley and um what's that other movie like a bunch of other movies like comedy movies yeah he's a comedian yeah well duh <laughs> <laughs> i i forgot that he was in this <sighs> hold on because I'm, I'm making art right now um so <laughs> When when I saw it, I was like, dude, what the f***? Like, I, I completely forgot about this guy. I remember when I watched the movie, I really liked um, the girl, the super, like, alternative chick. Because I, I really liked her outfits and shit, and I was like, ooh, she's so cool. You know, like, so mysterious. Most of those guy, those actors I recognized, except for the the main guy. I don't remember where, I don't know where else I've seen him. I don't know if that's... The only movie that I've seen that he's in. But, like, I mean, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, they didn't do too bad. They were decent, decent actors. I mean, acting-wise, they did okay, but I'm talking about the the, the characters themselves, the, the, the people they portrayed. Not so much the, not so much the actors. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, I mean, they, they I, I agree with you. I think they did a really good job. I mean, being, uh, you know, playing somebody in a movie in which reality is broken. Yeah. Because they're living their best life, having a uh, you know a party, and it's, it looks like a typical weekend, like Saturday night, or whatever. And then, boom! This huge monster destroys your city. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, that would break pretty much. I think anyone's reality, grip and reality. I, I think some people would actually go crazy or feel like they went crazy. You know. So the way that the they develop and, and you know they they carry themselves throughout the movie. I mean, I, I think that's it's close to the way things would happen in real life. I mean, people would be scared and, and confused and not know what to do and, and making dumb decisions. Yeah, like you know? going up a freaking, what, 50, 50 flights of stairs just to get to a chick that is probably dead. She would have not survived. She would have been dead by the time they got there. Like, no way she would have been alive, dude. Like, because that, that thing looked like it went right through her heart. Exactly. That spike, whatever it was. But like the amount of blood she would have lost, she wouldn't have been alive. No f- way, you know. Going up that many flights of stairs, 
uh-huh. they would have been exhausted. They would not have made it all the way up there. Like maybe the adrenaline, I guess, if that kicked in or whatever. But that's kind of like over the top. Like, come on. No, it is. I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, one time I, I was in Houston a long time ago in the year 2001, you know, in, uh-huh. in the ancient era. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was in high school, they took us to a trip to visit a college in Houston, Rice University, by the way. And it just happened that during the time that we were there, a huge storm came in. Uh huh. So the area around us got all flooded. Oh wow! We lost power for for about a day or two in the hotel. I think oh it was my... I, think, I think it was a day, like like one day we had no water also for like a, a day, so we couldn't take a shower or you know use the restroom. Uh, <clears throat> so it was kind of an uncomfortable situation. But what I'm trying to say is that no power means no elevators. Uh-huh. So anytime we went anywhere or tried to go anywhere, we had to climb down the stairs. And I think we were like on the 10th or 11th floor, dude. Uh-huh. So we weren't that, I mean, we were about halfway to like, uh, you know, I think the hotel had like 20, 25 floors, whatever. So we were about halfway up, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, by the time I got to the 10th floor, like up and down, I was like, damn, like this is like, I was sweating, dude. I was like the dry heaving. I mean, and that's because I was walking. I wasn't like trying to run or race anybody or anything. I was just starting, like walking 10, 11 flights of stairs. And that's a lot. These people woke up 50 right and they climbed across to a like a f-ing tilted bu- building that was amazingly still intact yeah you know uh even like after that monster was like stomping around like that thing would have fallen yeah the state that it was in not only that but like they were supposed to get to that area where they were gonna get picked up by the helicopters uh at a certain time how long did it actually take him to go up the 50, 50 flights of stairs and then come back down with the girl who's injured? That would have been um, at least an hour, at least. That no, yeah, no, more than that. I mean, it's because they, they were they were injured. You know, she was injured, like, yeah. and they were both having to carry her. Like, nah, it was so unrealistic. I was like, you know, way, like, and <laughs> I mean, all the running that they did, it was crazy. I was exhausted just watching it. I was like, no, no. <laughs> I would have stayed in one spot and not moved. It's funny that we have a problem with the, the, the physics of the building not falling in, and not, not with a freaking 40-story tall monster that's <laughs> rampaging in New York. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy, too, though. Like, I mean, imagine, like, oh, I, I guess we could talk about this later, but there was something that I saw when they were playing at, like, the last scene. Uh-huh. When the guy was, uh, the main guy, I forgot what his name was, he was with Beth, and they were, like, hanging out, and they were at the little, I think it was, like, a... It was a merry-go-round, though, or something like that? Yeah, something like, it was, like, what are they called, though? It's not a merry-go-round, it's, um... That's what I always thought it was, like, a, like a little merry-go-round. But a merry-go-round goes, like, this. Oh, the, like... the Ferris wheel, sorry, the Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel, that's what yeah, it's called, I'll, yeah. I was confused, sorry. And the camera was, like, turned to the ocean... And something shot down in there, you know? That was the thing, you know? That was the monster. We can we can bring that up a little later, but uh, I, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, I mean, to me, the characters are, are all sucky. <laughs> like, in my opinion, I didn't like or relate to any of them whatsoever. I didn't either. And it's <laughs> rare that that happens to me in a movie. At least, I mean, I usually find at least one person that, okay, you know, I kind of understand where this guy is coming from, you know, whatever, but... But to me, I just didn't relate to any of them. They just looked like entitled brats, all of them. They looked a little empty, for sure. I don't know if it's because of their age. They're like in their mid-twenties, late. I mean, and if I ever was like that, I mean, I would go back in time and slap myself in the face if I ever acted like this. (laughs) 
I mean, I've never been to New York. I've never met anybody from New York, but I, you get all the stereotypes that New Yorkers are like horrible people, right? Yeah. And I can't, you know, say that's true or whatever. And, you know, because I've never met anybody, like I just said from, from there, I've never been there. But it always seems that they get a bad rap as, as far as them not being people pe people persons or people people, if that makes sense. You know, so maybe, I, I, so I try to think about it that way. I mean, these people live in New York, they're young, they're like just finishing college, whatever. So they, they, they think they know it all and, you know, whatever. Uh -huh. uh, but even then, dude, I was like, okay, the, the main guy, I think his name is Rob or, or yeah, Rob. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought he was yeah. just like super impulsive and childish. Yes. Um, because, I mean, he's he sleeps with this like forever crush and he like ignores her. Uh huh. He weeks. goes her. And it's like, and then he's like, oh, you came with another guy. Like, what did you expect, dude? You'd like ice her out. Like, come on. Well, that's, that's also what I, I mean. Why would she do that? Why? I mean, both of them are wrong. I'm not defending anybody in this situation, yeah. right? They're, they're both stupid, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's okay. So he sleeps with this like forever crush and then he ghosts her for weeks and then she shows up with, with another dude. I mean, somebody should have tried to make an attempt to talk about things like that you know yeah. I, I mean uh, th that whole thing with, with her showing up with the dude that's also kind of a big move and, and yeah I, I do feel like she's somewhat justified like you said because she felt ignored and hurt and everything i feel like she brought him just to kind of like yeah to to, to spite him yeah and to not be alone because like she was gonna be nervous with him there because of what happened between them so like she brought this dude for support Maybe it was somebody that she was seeing or whatever, but like the point was to get him like to notice her or, you know, in case that's what was going on, you know, that he just like completely ignored her for some reason that would have gotten his attention. I get it. I, I maybe would have done that at that age, but you know, <laughs> I just wouldn't have gone. I would have been like, yeah, me neither. I yeah, I, I'm the kind of person that like, if, if I don't feel comfortable somewhere, I'm not going to be there. Same. Yeah. You know, so I would have. I would have gone somewhere else. I would have gone to like a bar or but you know somewhere. But I, I would not have showed up and you know. Also, how the f did she get back to her apartment that was pretty far away from where she was at, with enough time? Because that thing happened as soon as she left. You know, like if she would have been trapped anywhere, it would have been in the building that they were all at, not in her freaking apartment that's like halfway across the freaking island. Uh, I mean, I, I don't justify it, but but the way that I, I think they went around that is like, well, there were cuts in the in the in the scenes in the video, so I mean, there were maybe like gaps of like 10, 15 minutes between each cut, whatever. So that adds up to a couple hours. I mean, maybe that's that's the only thing that I can think of to explain that. But after she left, that's when everything started happening. I mean, because the party started kind of early, like it was like maybe like eight or nine o'clock, and and by the time everything starts happening, it's like it's I think eleven or twelve o'clock, like in the morning. Yeah, and like, like like I'm saying, she left. And then as soon as she left, like all that, all that stuff started happening. The hut guy, he's just annoying, dude. I'm sorry, like I could not stand him. Sorry about my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we got special guests in our episode tonight, guys. Say hi to the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, I, I I can't stand people like that. I'm sorry, like I mean, like in, in movies where like they just try to make everything a joke, and it's like I don't know, dude. Like I I, I have a problem with that. Me personally, like I don't know why I'm being so angry about this. <laughs> Yeah, like people like her, where like they, they can't keep quiet for more than like 10 seconds. Dude, it pissed me off dude, that like they told him something that was like supposed to be a secret, and then this guy starts spreading the freaking rumor all around the, the party, and it's like, why did you have to do that? Like, for what? Like, that's another thing. Like, why are people like that? Like, I mean, so uh, this guy is, I'm sorry, he has uh, no qualities that I can relate to. I mean, like, it's just. It's just a 
douchebag. Yeah, dude. So, so uh, him and and then like oh, you mentioned the 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 girl, which I thought was the prettiest one. Yeah. <laughs> the oh. the antisocial chick, you know, Marlena or Melina. Um, yeah. I think she acted that way because she didn't know anybody. Like she even says it in in her little segment that they do with her, or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm just here to say hi to to so and so because you know she's my friend. But I'm gonna go meet up with some friends right now in a little bit. So. Uh-huh. So I think part of her character was that, that she was being, like, standoffish because she didn't know anybody in that place or well enough yeah. to feel comfortable talking about stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, in general, dude, like, uh, I don't know, like, e- even that to me is like, uh, like, why are you even there, dude? <laughs> I mean, like... Yeah, and then, like, I mean, I know she was traumatized because she saw some crazy shit, but, like, all her lines were basically just her looking at the camera, like, scared or, like, blank. And going back to to your point of, of him going to save that chick, I would have not gone to save her, dude. I no. Been, I would have been like, why don't you just call your boyfriend? Hang up. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, after that speech that he got from his brother, like, and then his brother died. I mean, basically, he was the last person that he had that meant something to him there. So he had to go get her. I get that. I don't know. I'm a Leo, so I'm the king of pettiness. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I would have been like, nope, call Travis or whatever his name is. Boop, hang up. Damn. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I just didn't understand some of those decisions that they were making. And talking about the monster a little bit, um, what kind of creature does that make you think of? I feel like I've seen it somewhere, but I don't, I can't remember from where. Like, another um, monster. Yeah, and then the other little creatures, they call them the parasites or something like that. Um, I thought... They were like his offspring or him laying eggs or something, like you know, the, the chlorophyll monster. Uh huh. But apparently, and this is touching up with what's gonna be talked about in the next segment, it's not his parasite. Like, it, it, there, there are other creatures that, that hang out with on, on him uh-huh. as parasites. So they're not, apparently, from what I read in, in some places, they're not connected to him directly as far as he's not. Or the monster's not the mom or the dad or those things because the monster itself is supposed to be a baby. The that thing is a baby. It's uh, or if not a baby, then maybe like a like an like a young creature. Like it's not like a full grown adult yet. Adolescent. So imagine dude, how how much bigger this thing can be. Like like a hundred feet, two hundred feet. Like. <laughs> I mean, there's like three of them, right? Or like four. There's three with the fourth one already being talked about or discussed in a, in a way, but the other ones aren't really connected. I mean, I don't want to talk about those so much right now because we might do them in the future, but uh, all that I can say is that the events in the Cloverfield Paradox try to explain what happens in this one and in the second one. Okay. Uh, because the whole point of that movie is that they go to a different dimension or they cross to a different universe and that causes like a butterfly effect across the multiverse, whatever. So that's what this creature is woke up because of what happened in, in part three, whatever. So it, it's a little convoluted, but I mean, we, like if we do the episode on that movie eventually, okay, we'll talk about it then. All right. Uh, and just one last note that I want to do before we do the, the score for this movie. Um, <laughs> speaking of score, the movie itself has no official soundtrack. Oh yeah. Uh, That's true. They released like a party mix, which is all the songs being played in the background at the party scenes. Uh-huh. So all those songs were released as like a like a party mix for the Cloverfield movie. But they did write one 
piece of music called <laughs> Roar, the Cloverfield <laughs> Overture. It's called Roar, like the Cloverfield Overture. And I heard it because it plays in the ending credits. Mm -hmm. And I liked it. It's a, it's a pretty good piece of music. It's, it's pretty like legit. It's amazeballs. Nice. I haven't used that word in a really long time. <laughs> I'm trying to be trendy here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're behind. That's a very old term. I know, dude. I know, but I'm trying to bring it back, you know. Okay, got I'm trying, it. I'm trying to be the first one that brings it back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other comments or thoughts on this movie as as a as a whole? I enjoyed enjoyed rewatching it. Like I, I mean, it's not like a masterpiece, but it's a very entertaining movie. Um, and I like the monsters. I like the fact that it looks like it could have been real. You know, like it it looks, and it's all it's all because of the the documentary style filming or whatever, but like it, it's pretty cool. Like I try to put myself in the, in, in the perspective of like somebody, let's say watching a TikTok with this stuff happening, you know, like if it was like real life or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I could see it. Like it, it, it was trippy. Like it was cool. It made me miss the movie theater because I miss watching movies like this in mm -hmm. complete darkness with everything, you know, loud as hell surrounding you and some popcorn um <laughs> not just that but yeah. <laughs> but yeah with some jalapenos and some uh nacho cheddar powder seasoning oh, yeah. Oof, the best my favorite nachos are the movie theater nachos by the way oh yeah i like the flavor of that cheese i don't know this is really unique it's the rico's cheese that's what they use for the hot cheetos and cheese i literally go to the store like whenever I'm craving like um, hot cheetos and cheese, and I'll buy the cans of it and I'll make it again. I'll store it like you know whenever I have a urge. <laughs> I don't know what they put in that cheese, but it's so good. It's so freaking good. Yeah, dude, I, I agree with you. Um, all, all that I have to say is that the movie as a concept was great. Uh huh. The I mean the 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 way that it was you know developed as far as it being a documentary style, you know first person handheld camera style. I just hate the fact that they wrapped it around all these annoying characters. Yeah, I mean, it could have had better characters, but more believable characters. I wonder if they made it, like, the same movie, but, like, with people from this generation, what it would be like. This is around the time where social media started to pick up. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like, uh, before Facebook, I think, this movie was was made before Facebook existed, so uh, you know MySpace was around, and I'll I'll bring up MySpace a little bit down the road. You know. yeah. MySpace was fun. I learned how to code <laughs> because of MySpace. <laughs> we all did, my friend. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the next segment. But as for right now, what? Well, I'll give you my units for this. Okay. And I didn't feel like being too creative because I, I don't know. I was just like. Eh. <laughs> Uh, after watching the movie, I was like a little bit because I remember watching it when I was younger. And I, I thought it was okay, but now watching it as an older person, maybe I'm just becoming a cranky old man. I think you are. <laughs> your, your expectations are a little too high now. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Uh, maybe because it's, I, 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 also, it's technology. It's all the freaking effects that we've had developed during our lives. Like I think because I, I actually was in fact more like they were in the movie as because I was around that age. You know when this movie came out, I was like 23, 24. If I remember correctly, so I, I think I was more in that frame of mind than I am now. Now I'm like my late thirties, so I'm I'm like 
you know, I, I'm becoming an old man shouting at clouds here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I give this movie 5 out of 10 giant baby monsters. Okay. Nice. I want to go with the same the same rating of 5. <sighs> chan, chan, chan. I think this is one of the only times that we've ever agreed, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, and it's because, like, I mean, it's good, but it's not, like, amazing. But, like, it's good enough for me to rewatch. But I wouldn't watch it again tomorrow, let's say, you know? Yeah, no, I, I would probably wait like, some time, maybe a, a year or two before I watch the movie again. <laughs> you know? I hadn't seen it since I was, since maybe about five, six years ago. Because I own the DVD. I have it at home. You gave it five baby monsters, but you own it in DVD. Well, I... I... buy a movie in DVD, <laughs> that's a commitment. That's like, oh, this <laughs> movie that I want to have for the rest of my life. Well, wow. let's just say that maybe, you know what? I, I think I know what the reason for this is. Because I was dating somebody back then that, that convinced me to buy this movie. Uh, yeah, blame it on the girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of subconsciously brought up, you know, those flashbacks of, of you know, that situation. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> because I, I would do that. Like, when I was younger, I would go to Hastings and, and browse for hours. Their DVD section, their CD section, their book section. And, you know, I, that was, like, my paradise, dude. That was my jam. Same. I used to go there just to listen to music. Dude, so, uh, I, and every now and then I go with her, and she'd be like, oh, let's buy this one, let's buy this one, and let's, you know, whatever, and I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure she picked this movie, because I, 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 I mean, I like horror movies, but I, I don't think I would have picked it out yeah. myself, I mean, um, maybe yeah. I did, and I, I forgot, but I mean, I, I want to say that if I picked it out, then maybe she probably convinced me, like, I was kind of, like, on the, on the fence, uh -huh. but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, that was our critique segment for Cloverfield. We agreed this movie gets a 5 out of 10 giant baby monsters. Uh -huh. So, that's the first, or one of the first times that we do that. <laughs> <laughs> and without having much further ado, we'll be taking a little break and coming right back with the academic segment. Okay, everybody, so we are now in the academic segment of our podcast, in which, if you're a first-time listener, we kind of discuss, quote-unquote, real-life tie-ins to whatever the topic is. And I thought about researching stuff that had to do with, like, you know, I was going to go all nerd and, like, does radioactivity make monsters mutate and become huge? Like, you know, <laughs> that was a big, like, topic in the 50s, you know, after the, the yeah. atomic bomb was developed. That was like a really ingrained fear of them. Like, how is this going to affect our, our our ecosystems or like our nature or our animals? So a, a bunch of those movies in those times, like in the fifties, were about giant ants and spiders eating people and stuff like that. You know. So I was like, hmm, let me look. But I, then I was like, no, because I remembered there was a whole like the campaign behind this movie. Uh huh. And I want to talk about that because that in itself can be a topic for like at least one, if not two, episodes, my friend. Okay. Like everything that was 
behind the scenes of this movie is it's like the the stuff of like you know it deserves to be talked about and investigated because it basically it's an ARG. I don't know if you heard about that before. It's ARG. ARG. It's uh, what is an alternate reality game. Okay. In which basically stories are told across different platforms, and I'm reading this from uh, actually the the website called ARGology.org. <laughs> so basically, their definition of, of an ARG is this: that it's it's a, a way to tell stories across different mediums or platforms, not only movies or books, but also internet posts, emails, text messages, websites. Uh, usually, they ask the audience or people in, in the general public to participate in some way so they, they'll put a clue and it's up to you to like put them together and kind of investigate what, what the final result is right as, as a if you want to I mean you don't have to right uh -huh. so basically what happened with this movie is that they they went all out dude. they made websites they made MySpace profiles for the actors as the characters oh, I think I remember this yeah, so so you had a page for Rob and you had a page for uh, HUD and a page for all the other guys, you know? Yeah. And they would talk back and forth every now and then like regular friends would do in real life. Uh -huh. And they would post a picture like, oh, you know, I I'm here. And then HUD would be like, oh, that's cool, man. Awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever. So they would post pictures and comment on each other's posts, you know? And dude, MySpace was awesome because you could, like you said earlier, you could code your page to look any way you wanted it to look. Yep. So you could have songs playing, you have a playlist, you could have, uh, if you want it, like bright lights to be the background of your page, you could do that. You could put a, a, a picture that would just, you know, be the main background or you, you could make it do whatever yeah. you wanted, dude. Awesome. I still can't understand why MySpace died so quickly after Facebook came up. It wasn't only like a, a social media thing, like it was for music too. Like they, they, they're, it was mainly, I think that's what it was created for. It was supposed to be a music platform. Uh -huh. And it was like, it became like a social media platform. But yeah, it was super cool because it was customizable. Like, you could have your top friends. So, like, I was it like five, no, eight or ten people? Yeah, at first it was like five. And then they changed it to like eight or the, and then ten or something. Like, they kept adding uh, how many friends you could have on your top. You know, whenever you would move somebody from the first spot that would create some drama so oh, dude, i remember those, those feuds man oh yeah it was the best it was so funny uh why am i number three on your list now why am i not number one i know what happened what did i do like what <laughs> yeah good times good times you, should, you would have been like well i heard you were talking crap about me and matt so that brings you down so a couple... you're, you're at the bottom now yeah that brings you down a couple of notches here <laughs> <laughs> So imagine they, they they develop pages for all these people as the characters and they would interact with each other like every now and then as, as in character. Yeah, that's cool. They also developed a whole bunch of websites. Uh, uh, one of the characters in the movie, she's not a main character. She's like one of the party goers. She had like a video blog also <laughs> in which she's like texting or, or uh, face Well, not FaceTime because FaceTime wasn't even a thing back then. She's yeah. sending video messages to her, to her boyfriend that, who's like somewhere uh, you know overseas, whatever. Uh -huh. And it's like short little clips. It's like maybe like two minutes, a minute each. And I saw them all on YouTube, and they're all dude. It looks creepy. Like the the quality looks like crap. First of all, it looks super ancient. The the digital camera or the webcam was like super pixelated. You could barely see your face. Oh wow! <laughs> but I mean, the content of, of the of the messages themselves. You should watch it. I'm gonna send you the, the link, dude, because it's okay. it's pretty legit, and it, it ties in with the fact that 
there's this corporation in that universe uh, that's called Tagurato. It's a Japanese corporation uh-huh. that mainly works as an oil corporation. So they drill for oil. Yeah. They made a website for them for the for this company that you could wow. go in and, and browse around and stuff like that, and, and you could see a whole bunch of stuff in there. These people eventually discovered, or, or you know, a, a, a substance in the bottom of the ocean which they called seabed nectar. Okay. And they use that seabed nectar, which they mined from the bottom of the ocean, to develop kind of like like a like a an, like one of those icy drinks you get at the gas stations. Like a slushy? Yeah, like a slushy. They call it slusho. Okay. And it, it, you know this drink is it's you know like the top, like the number one product of this corporation, right? And you're wondering like, what? How does that tie anything in? Well, this corporation Tagurato was the one that Rob was supposed to go work for in Japan. <gasps> wow. Because the whole point of that party was that he was gonna go move to Japan to work as the, the vice president of whatever the whole I think marketing or or, vice, or I don't know something like that. Yeah. So this corporation, this fictional corporation, was the one that he was gonna go work for in Japan. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and that's only the tip of the iceberg, my friend. Damn. Because I mean, th- they went all out, dude. They actually had a phone number in the in the in the website for this company corporation. You could call the phone number. What? And they would give you like a a a, a message that they send you to voicemail. Basically, they wouldn't actually talk to you. Yeah. From what I understand, they were mostly lost over time. I mean, the you know the content of the messages, but one of them that they were able to to salvage, I guess, the message was something like, "Thank you for calling Tagurato. Due to high call volumes, your call has been transferred to an automated answering service. There are no updates at this time. After the tone, please leave a message, and one of her associates will call you as soon as possible." Uh huh. So you would get you know like a little message on your phone, basically, like or you know something that kind of made you think oh you know this is like so it would kind of like peak interest you know yeah so i mean dude like and they developed a website for the movie which the website was called 1-18-08.com which uh-huh. was when the movie was supposed to be released or something like that yeah uh-huh i remember that yeah so if you visited that website you could uh see pictures of of different events or, or you know you, you could see uh there was an event they created, which is called the... Let me see my notes here real quick, because it, it's, it's kind of an important thing. Okay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. The, the Chuai Station Incident. Okay. Right? The Chuai Station Incident is one of these, quote-unquote, oil drilling stations this company owns in the middle uh-huh. of the ocean. And at, they developed, like, this, this viral news campaign also, in which they had news clippings from around the world, like, news segments from, like, Spain, Italy, and Germany, and stuff like that. Where they reported on this collapse of this station, mm-hmm. right? Because people were missing, and you know, so they were kind of like saying, "Oh, you know, like this uh, Japanese-owned rig in the middle of the ocean was collapsed," right? Mm-hmm. They didn't know that it was a monster yet, but supposedly the monster attacked it. Oh wow! And that's what caused it to to collapse because these people were not drilling for oil; they were drilling for the seabed nectar crap. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And apparently this thing likes it a lot or something, so it, it, it was like kind of defending its territory, I guess, so to speak. So, dude, the, there's news clippings and they, they look pretty legit, I mean, for, for back then. Because now they look, okay. yeah, uh, they, they have interviews and they have like, you know, they, they interview like the, the, the mom of one of the guys that got missed, that got, uh, that has lost the sea or whatever, like one of the employees. 
Wow. Dude, that's so cool, though. Like, they were so invested in, like, the the universe for this movie. That's insane. So what do you think so far? I mean, what, what does that make you think, I mean? That's awesome. I like that they went to the, that extent to do all that stuff. That's dedication. Like, <laughs> hardcore promotion for this movie. Dude, and, and the hardest thing they had to do was they determined, or they were determined, rather, that they we're gonna keep as much of everything secret from the public as possible. Uh-huh. So even the name of the movie itself was changed like several times. Yeah, uh-huh. They didn't want anybody to reveal any secrets. They, they, I think they even made the, the people sign like, uh, like in their contracts that they couldn't talk about it, they couldn't give interviews. Yeah. As they were shooting it. What? So they, they couldn't give any press on it, they couldn't talk about what their characters did or anything like that. It worked though because like I remember being so excited to watch this movie because I was like I want to know what the hell is going on. There were some Easter eggs in that website that, that I talked about earlier. The the one eighteen zero eight com. Yeah. You could see pictures of, of of you know supposedly the monster like kind of lurking in the ocean. Something like it was like like a stain in the ocean, but it wasn't an ocean. It was like the monster moving around, whatever. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't do anything for I think five minutes, you could hear the monster like roaring. What? Because some people get really invested in this kind of stuff, man. They, they really, when a company or, or, or somebody develops one of these things, like like one of these campaigns. Yeah. Some people get really, really invested and they make it the, like their mission in life to investigate what's happening. Yeah. So, I mean, who would have known that just, I mean, I, I wouldn't have the patience to sit around for five minutes and, oh, let me hear that little monster roar for, you know, two uh -huh. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but I mean, just, just to give you an example of the dedication some of these people have, you know, as far as the audience yeah right so they actually had a, a website for the movie eventually like for the movie itself uh -huh. they had a trailer and they had a, a number you could text in which you would get again the the uh, a sound clip of the monster roaring uh -huh. as a ringtone i guess if you wanted to make it a ringtone <laughs> and you also had like a wallpaper for your phone like pictures okay. of, of like the destroyed city or the monster or whatever Eventually, this number, I don't think it got deactivated because some people claimed that they started to get texts from it for other movies. Oh. Yeah, so movies like Iron, the first Iron Man, um, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, Kung Fu Panda, like some of those movies, uh, I guess they, they would text pictures or whatever, or, or uh -huh. little, like, I guess prizes for people, you know, like wallpapers or, or behind-the-scenes pictures or whatever, you know? Uh-huh. They were pretty, like, they went all out, dude. They went all out. Oh, that's super awesome. And the other thing that I want to talk about is, is going back to the evil corporation that drills for oil, but it's not really oil. Uh-huh. The product itself, the, the Seabed's Nectar, nobody knows what it actually is. Okay. According to the, the information that I found here. Basically, they, they do know that it needs to be kept as cold as possible at all times. It needs to be refrigerated. Otherwise, it uh, breaks down or something. It's supposed to be a very healthy ingredient. It, like you know, it, it makes uh, the their slushies taste like you know better than everybody else's slushies apparently. Uh -huh. But this environmental group called Tidal Wave, and Tidal is T I D O, not like you know, it, it's an acronym, for, and I couldn't find what it stands for. But basically, this company in the universe of the, of the movie. <laughs> Is dedicated to exposing the you know the corporate the Tagorato Corporation for what they're doing, 
uh-huh. because they think or they found that this Cbet's nectar substance actually is highly addictive and, and can make people like really sick, and shit, you know. Whoa. So the company, the the corporation that uses this this thing, says that no, it's actually pretty beneficial. It makes you uh, feel really good, really happy. Uh-huh. It, it it enhances your mood, so it, it's kind of like you know, an upper, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but you also experience accelerated cell growth, cell growth, increased strength, increased muscle growth, sharper eyesight, better digestion, smoother skin, and just a, a wave of happiness. What the? F- That's how they promoted it. Like the the corporation would promote this product, right? Huh. But this other uh, environmentalist, you know, green group, uh-huh. title way was dedicated to exposing them. And that's where they they found out that no, this thing's highly addictive and that can it can make you sick. And supposedly the you know in that scene in the movie where that chick dies, uh, Merlina, after yeah. like, she explodes after being bitten by this thing, yeah, that's because that parasite has the raw form of this substance in its, in its mouth or whatever. What? So if if it's eaten like in its pure state, it, it's lethal for humans. Damn. That's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, I mean, all this, dude, like, for, for for background information on this movie, that and none of this is brought up in the movie itself. Uh-uh. Like, you don't hear about the slushel drink, you don't hear about the Seabed's Nectar, you don't hear about the corporation or anything like that, you know? But, <laughs> you know, they're doing all this background stuff uh, as marketing for their movie. That's so crazy. That's like above and beyond, dude. <laughs> oh wait, but he, you know, you are you ready for the for the cherry on the on the cake? Yes. Oh, before I get to that, I, I have a couple things to say. Okay. Remember that I told you or like a couple minutes ago about this chick that had a video blog. Oh uh, yeah. And, and, huh? and as part of the campaign, uh, she like the video she was sending her boyfriend, quote unquote, in in, in the context of this movie universe. Her boyfriend was part of this tidal wave group. Oh, okay. That had traveled to, I think, Japan to expose this corporation, and he was found out, and he was made to disappear without any, any trace. Whoa. Because in in the videos, he tells her, "Oh, like you know, I'm gonna send you this this box, whatever. Don't open it until this date." Yeah. And I'll I'll, I'll be calling you, whatever. So she does. She gets a phone call from him, like, "Yeah, hey, I'm I'm never gonna call you again." By like, just like hangs up. Right? Damn. Well, he says I'm being like stalked by this Takarazu Corporation, whatever. So uh, you're not gonna hear from me ever again because I don't want to put you in danger. Bye. Yeah. So she gets upset because he she thinks he's dumping her and he's using that as an excuse. Uh huh. I mean, as I guess most people would. Right. So she starts she starts acting all weird and then eventually she opens the box. And she finds a sample of the Seabed's nectar thing in in the box. And she eats it. Because oh, the, no. the guy sent, sent her a note, like, please do not eat this. Don't eat this thing. Oh, like, you know, so of so, course she eats it, yeah. Of course, because she's, like, you know, scorned woman. Because yeah. she, she thinks her boyfriend is dumping her for, uh, you know, a crap reason. Oh, you, you don't want me to eat this? Well, I'm going to eat it. Uh, like, you know, she eats it. <laughs> so in the in the last couple of little clips, she's acting all weird and, like, all strung out. And, like, she looks like she's, like, high on something. Uh, but, again, this person isn't the movie itself or, like, maybe, like, one scene, dude. She's one of the people in the party that kind of mingles and they do like a little segment with her in the camera, and, you know. She the Asian one? No, she's a blonde girl. A blonde? Oh, with the other guy? 
I think she's the one with the other guy, yeah. Okay. That's like her new boyfriend or whatever. I think okay. I think that's her. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> so, I mean, again, another piece of marketing that, that for a character that was in the movie for like two, three minutes, you know? Yeah. But uh -huh. they, they tie all this in together, and now I guess we're ready for the cherry and the cake. Okay. Because Slusho, the, the drink, you know, has been featured in a whole bunch of other properties, too. Like Property? As, as a, like, like movies or, or films or shows, uh, as a cameo. Like people in the show or, or whatever, they're drinking it. Where? So, in the show that we mentioned earlier, Alias, from this, the same uh -huh. uh, the same guy, J.J. Abrams, he, like, in, in a couple of scenes there, like, at a gas station or whatever, in, in one of the episodes, and apparently they buy a slush show in the gas station. What? Yeah. And then there was another show called Fringe that I liked a lot when I was, when it was out, but I, I only... I lost track of it, dude. Like, I, I would watch, like, I think I saw the first season. Uh-huh. And then after that, I think they changed the, the time slot or the day, and I couldn't watch it anymore. But I remember that show was, was kind of like, like an X-Files type of show. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so in that show, also, in, in one of the scenes, they're, like, in a store somewhere, and you, you, you see, like, a, like a slow show poster in the background. What the fuck? That's so crazy. It was also in the show called Heroes. It was in Heroes? Yeah, like for, again, uh, they, in one episode, somebody buys this lotion somewhere or whatever. Like they're drinking it in, in, in one of the scenes, whatever. Wow. <laughs> it was also in one of the scenes of the, that film Star Trek from 2009, the reboot. Uh-huh. At one point, one of the characters goes into a, into a bar somewhere in deep space, whatever. Yeah. And they get a slusho from the bar. Wow. <laughs> It's also what? it also came out in South Park apparently I haven't seen this but it, some, I haven't seen South Park since I was like in high school, but it was also featured in, in South Park and a couple of movies or another movie called Super Eight I've never seen this movie either. Oh, I've seen Super Eight, yeah. Apparently, in one of the scenes, it's also there. I've seen the a similar monster because the monster in that movie kind of looks like the one from Cloverfield. To top things off, and I haven't seen the show and I can't believe I haven't seen it. The adaptation of a Stephen King book called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Oh, I haven't seen the whole thing, but yeah. Which man, the book is pretty good. The the, the book is awesome. Um, but yeah. basically, that means that all these stories are in the same universe. Uh huh. They're connected by Slusho because if it's, I mean, how do you even connect the Stephen King book to this universe, like, or the show at least, not the book maybe, but the show itself, like. That's so crazy. Like, so they're all part of some sort of hidden cinematic universe or whatever, like before Marvel did it. Wow. That's insane. So, what do you think of all this, dude? I'm mind blown. That's crazy. Dude, honestly, I didn't remember it being as in-depth as it, I found that it was. I remember, like, the, the website or, the, you know, people saying, like, oh, you know, there's, like, clips of, of you know, of, of a monster, like, stalking New York, whatever, but I didn't no i wasn't aware at all that it went as deep as this you know yeah me neither like i know you remember like seeing little things here and there but like i don't know it was that intense wow dude imagines i mean it's just crazy awesome. yeah for real that's cool i mean i don't know if you have any other comments about it because I'm, I'm kind of speechless right now so am i i don't <laughs> i'm gonna look everything up i just to get nostalgic you know like that's cool. Have they done anything like that for any other movie? Not to this extent, I don't think. Wow. I mean, the Blair Witch Project was kind of the same way, and, and that's what I wanted to talk about. I, th I just remember, thank you for, for reminding me. 
uh-huh. that the Blair Witch Project is is like this one, a film that was made like in a documentary first person style with a, with a handheld camera. Yeah, that's one similarity, and the other similarity was that they also had like a little website type of thing, like where you could go in and, and kind of like study the case, whatever. Uh huh. I don't think it's up anymore. I know the website for Cloverfield has been down for a long time because I, you know, uh, they, they don't have that anymore. Yeah. But uh, the one for the Blair Witch Project, they also had video games for it. They had like stuff that connected to the universe. Yeah. Of the movie. But I think these guys take the cake when it comes to like background, like hidden promotion stuff, dude. I wonder if they haven't done it again because like they didn't get as much buzz as they thought they were gonna get. I mean, I thought they were. They thought it was pretty successful. I mean, they they realized how involved people wanted to be with this. Oh, okay. Why why haven't they done it again? They did it on a smaller scale. I was able to like. I mean, I, I was like. Mind blown when I was reading all this stuff, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that I, I can't talk anymore because it will take me like you know <laughs> three hours. Yeah. But one last thing that I can tell is that uh, there's videos on the internet, of course, of, of people commenting on this, you know. And one of the videos um, announced, or, or the guy was talking about how there was like there were slush trucks in certain cities in the U.S. That were driving around the city and selling slush show to people. Oh, in, hell no. in real life. Like in like yeah. in real life, not in the in show or anything. Like in real life, you like, oh let's say you're in like LA, whatever. And you're at, at work and then you get out of work and there's like a little sh- like slush show truck driving down the road and like, hey, you want a slush show, dude? Sure, you know. Five bucks, <sighs> whatever. So you bought it and you like drank it. Right? Mm. And I think you could also buy like little paraphernalia, like keychains or bobbleheads or whatever from them. And this was done right before the movie The Cloverfield Paradox came out. Okay. So this happened about three years ago, maybe four years ago. Damn. But it wasn't anywhere near the scale as this whole mess that I just talked about. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that that's also kind of cool. I mean, just imagine seeing, like, what the hell is this lotion truck? Like, they're making that for... <laughs> is this real life? Oh <laughs> Am I in Cloverfield? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I mean... Uh, that's why I thought that whole concept deserved a segment in and of itself because it was just crazy. Yeah. How far they went in promoting this movie in this way, you know? That's dedication, dude. So, That's awesome. Yeah, definitely, dude. And, and, I mean, like I said, if you don't have any final comments, I mean, I, I think I'm all out of words in this too, man, because I'm, like, yeah. mind blown with all this information, you know? <laughs> So, I guess, yeah, that was the academic segment for the Cloverfield ARG. I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, you can find those information in, in, in the internet, of course. I mean, and, and a much more uh, broad. Yeah. Because, like I just said, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I, I can't talk about right now because that would take, like, three hours, dude, honestly. Like, it was just... Yeah. They created, of... Yeah, they created this whole alternate universe and, and characters, and you know, and it's just like, wow, dude, so... Yes, uh, having said all that, <laughs> let's go ahead and take a little break and we'll come right back with the Know Thine Enemy segment.
Okay, everyone, so we are now at the Know Thine Enemy segment, <laughs> in which Monica and I talk a little bit more in depth about the main antagonist or villain of any film or show that we're talking about, right, Monica? Yes. So, who is a villain in this situation? The baby giant monster. The actual name of it is Clover, for some reason. Clover. Yeah. Clover is, is, I don't know why they expanded it to Cloverfield, maybe because it's like walking, like it's field, the city became like it's playground or something. <laughs> I thought that Cloverfield was the street of something, street name. It's a street name in part two. Okay. Part, that's why it's called 10 Cloverfield Lane, because that, 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 yeah, that, that's the name of the street, but um, I, I'm not too sure why they expanded it to Cloverfield, but I guess the official name of this thing is Clover. Uh-huh. I don't know why they would name it that, I mean... It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Its classification would be science or tech based, and this is because it's a giant sea creature, basically. You said earlier that you thought it was an alien, right? Yeah. Because, like, in the in the movie, uh, at the end of the movie, they're on the Ferris wheel, and the camera is turned to the ocean, and something falls from the sky into the ocean. And I'm thinking that's what that was. It was the giant. Uh, big monster. Thought of that? Uh-huh. Ever? It's not until I heard somebody say, like, hey, do you know that, or in the internet somewhere, that, hey, there's, there's, like, a little Easter egg at the end of the movie where, like, something falls from the sky. Yeah. And I figured the same thing as you did. Oh, it's probably, like, maybe, like, an egg or something that, that, uh, became, like, hatched in the ocean because after it fell, you know? Yeah. But apparently, in, when I was doing all this research for the, that whole uh, ARG stuff, they said that it's not an egg or anything like that. It's, it's a satellite. Okay. I guess the satellite woke up the monster after it fell. Oh. Maybe like it crashed into it. That makes sense. Or something like that, because um, huh. it, it's de according to the actual makers of the movie, it's definitely not an egg or anything like that, so... So then it burst out of the ocean because somebody woke it up out of its blissful sleep. And he was like, I'm about to <laughs> up for whoever woke me up. I was having a good dream. Now you guys are dead. Does that remind you of anyone? Oh. <laughs> me. <laughs> I will turn into a giant baby monster. <laughs> Ah, uh, dude, I hate waking up in the morning. I hate it. So do I. I don't I even want to wake up tomorrow for work. I'm just, like, ugh, dreading dude, it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm okay if I sleep three or four hours, but if I don't have to go to work, that's fine. But, mm. like, let's say I go to sleep, like, at 5 in the morning, and I wake up, like, at 11 or, or 10. I'm still, like, not 100%, but um, I'm in a much better mood than I would be if I go to sleep at, like, 10 at night and wake up at 6 in the morning. Huh. No, I need like my twelve, my twelve hours of sleep. I'm weird because if if I wake up at a certain time of the day, I'm I'm like drained. Even if I sleep for like twenty four hours before that that. Time. Well, yeah, like me too. Like if I sleep extra, like because I have a habit of like waking up but then keep going back to sleep. If I push it all the way to like three hours past the time that I was supposed to wake up, I do feel exhausted. I feel tired. I don't feel rested. I just feel freaking tired. 
Yeah, no, but what I'm trying to say is this. Like, if I sleep four hours from uh -huh. from 6 in the morning to 10 in the morning, uh -huh. I feel better, quote-unquote, than I do if I were to sleep from 2 in the morning to 6 in the morning. Maybe because you're, like, extra tired already when you're falling asleep, so it's like you're going to REM sleep right away instead of it taking you longer. Because you also have to be like super exhausted for you to get a like a good oh, deep yeah. sleep. And if you're not, like you're gonna be waking up in the middle of the night. You're not really gonna sleep. You're not gonna rest. You're gonna be restless. So yeah, that makes sense. That's what happens to me. Like if I go to sleep early, I'm waking up throughout the night the whole time. And I don't really feel like I slept enough. Mm -hmm. Same yeah. to me, I mean, it's, I, I usually try to have a day at least once every couple of weeks where I can make up hours to sleep like <laughs> you know that's not that's like a myth though you can't actually make up sleep yeah no I know I know you can't but it, to me I feel like I rest you know if, like one day I'll just be like you know and what also helps me going off in a little tangent here but what helps me sleep is, is having a couple of drinks before going to sleep you know so I, I'll, I'll do that every now and then and, and stay up to like three or four in the morning drinking and then fall asleep and then wake up like at 10 in the morning and I'm in an okay mood. I can't I can't get drunk and then go to sleep. I'll feel like shit the next day. <laughs> I can't hang like I used to. I can't. Like if I drink a, one beer and then I go to bed, the next day I wake up feeling crappy. Wow, I won't dude. have a hangover, but I'll feel like shit. Wow, dude. And so I, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of trivia about myself, when I get drunk, and I wake up the next day with a mythical hangover, I always crave Wingstop. I crave like burgers, like meat, juicy, meaty food. Like <laughs> it has to be a burger. And dude, I wish we had Whataburger here. Oh, dude, yeah. It's that, ugh, that always hits the spot when you're drunk. Like it's the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's either Wingstop or Chinese food even sometimes for me. Mm. So I feel like the sauce is too heavy. Like, it'll give me heartburn. Ya estoy vieja, güey, ya. Doña Monica. Ya tengo edad. Ya estoy de edad. I'm already at that age where I, can, I can't handle certain foods, and I hate it because I love food. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, the Cloverfield Monster app. <laughs> <laughs> likes to be asleep basically uh, i mean according to the mythology because uh, I, I mean it kind of does tie in with this next point because he supposedly was asleep in the ocean for a long time uh-huh uh and apparently yeah the, the satellite was w woke him up or maybe even those little parasites because going back to those they're not his offspring they're they're like just hanging in there because they like to hang out with him apparently uh-huh i don't know why i mean may maybe his blood is the the seabits nectar dude Maybe. Because these things fall off of him when, when he's like walking around the city, but he's not, they're not coming out of him. They're already on him. Yeah. You know, so they're only with him because I guess he provides their sustenance or whatever, you know? They were like prodding him then whenever they were drilling for that stuff. That's what I don't understand. I, I, I didn't find that in there. So maybe it was the mom. Maybe the mom was dead and they found her and they were like, I don't uh -huh. know. That's kind of a crazy theory. Yeah. Uh, basically, the goal of this thing is to survive. It doesn't know what's going on. It kind of just woke up after a long time of being asleep and just like... <laughs> what year is it? 
All right, so I mean, I, I don't think it's friendly necessarily, but I also don't think its main motivation was like, oh, let me go wreck that city over there. Yeah, like Godzilla just fucking tearing everything down. Yeah, I think this thing was just trying to walk around and find food for itself or whatever, you know? It's confused then, yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know that he's around because he's roaring. He has a very distinctive roar. And also because there's going to be fire and destruction coming away. I mean, hello. Quakes. Yeah. <laughs> so, abilities or powers, this thing, basically because of how huge it is, it can the topple buildings like nothing. Crush people, eat people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think of them, the army, like attacking him with rifles? Like, what is that gonna do? It's a giant <laughs> monster. Like, I remember the one scene where, like, some guy just shoots out of a bazooka, and I'm like, well, that's gonna aggravate it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not gonna help anything. I wonder, like, I mean, because it didn't even look like it was at all harmed. Nah. It's, like, super strong. Yeah, like you said, I think it was more annoyed than hurt. Yeah. It, it must have mm -hmm. felt like maybe like it was getting stung by ants or whatever. Yeah, which is <laughs> just painful, annoying, but not you know fatal. Yeah, it kind of just puts you in a bad mood, I guess. And, and then combine the fact that he just woke up and he's in a bad mood already. Yeah. Imagine like yourself waking up and just walking in an anthill and the ants start biting you. Like, I would be like, <laughs> die. I mean, I agree with you. I I think that it was kind of like dumb of them to like go with assault rifles like dude just like throw planes at it like helicopters you know like all these missiles you know yeah and push it towards the ocean make it go back in the water uh -huh. and even then like like towards the end of the movie where, where they they drop all these bombs on him that didn't hurt him too much either no. he still came back and yeah. ate the guy yeah so basically uh its only weakness is basically that according to the the lore of the movie like this alternate universe they did conclude that the monster was destroyed in, in, in the when they did the what's it the, the sledgehammer protocol what, what do they call it oh i don't I can't remember or ha hammer down or you know something like, yeah something like that or hammerfall or something uh, hammerfall is a heavy metal band <laughs> uh, yeah i think it's hammer down or something yeah well they just had to destroy the whole city basically yeah so i don't know if they did it through a nuclear device or just carpet bombing or whatever but but uh, eventually like they in the universe of this film they did destroy the entirety of new york city or manhattan at least yeah and they supposedly did kill the monster by doing this okay so that was the only way they, they could kill by leveling an entire city massive bombs yeah so i'm, I'm guessing it was a nuke dude i mean what else could do that you know yeah that's true that sucks. You would need to spend an entire, like, you know, a ridiculous amount of regular bombs to destroy a city. Yeah. And in one fell swoop, I mean, it, you could do it over, like, a few days. I mean, several days of bombing, maybe. Which they were kind of doing, but, it, but that didn't. according to this information that I have here, they, it happened in, in, in one day. So, to me, uh, they probably just nuked the island of Manhattan and just to kill it, you know? Yeah. And also kill anybody that was still unlucky enough to be there. <laughs> yeah, true. Do you think that's cool? No, but I mean, if we look at it in the grand scheme of things, in order to protect the rest of the world, yes, it's necessary. I mean, they were trying to evacuate the place anyway, so yeah, I mean, they they tried. They they didn't like that's that's not the first thing they did, you know. They 
you know, they, they tried to help out. They tried to get everybody out of the island. It wasn't anybody's fault that the monster kept breaking every chance that they got <laughs> to get out because we tore apart the bridge. Oh, yeah. And then, it, you know, knocked down the helicopters. So that didn't work. That's also one thing that, that I thought I forgot to mention in the first segment. But uh, it was kind of convenient how this monster was kind of always following them. Yeah, uh-huh. That's stupid. Like, other people to terrorize? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Rob's walking down the bridge. Well, let me destroy that bridge and kill his brother. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, his girlfriend lives in that building. Let, let me top of that building. You know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> How coincidental. Yeah, so that, that's that's one thing that I forgot to mention. But yeah, it, it was a little too coincidental for me. Yeah. Oh, and, and there's one, a little Easter egg in the end of the movie, at the very end where there's like a voice that whispers or, or that has a message what after you sit through the entire end credits there's like a voice message and it says it like it's alive or whatever but or or, or, or there's two messages one of them says help us i think or help me uh -huh. and the other one supposedly says it's still alive what but that goes against what i said earlier that they determined that the monster was dead so maybe it was like like dying uh-huh in the context of that message what do you think i don't know I, I didn't sit through the credits to listen to that i didn't know that that was a thing um i didn't either but huh i didn't know either i just sat through them because yeah. like if if i learned anything from the marvel from the mcu oh, yeah wait after credits <laughs> yeah. right i mean but that's yeah i mean that's crazy though like imagine after all that it's still alive. That would suck. I think it was like dying. Yeah. Because eventually they do conclude that it was dead, so. Uh. Wow. So, I don't know, dude. Um, and kind of just a, a little tangent, but what do you think happened? I mean, they, they died, right? Everybody died. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, because the last scene is like the bridge crumbled on, on top of them. Yeah. So. Like they, if they didn't die from the impact of the shit falling on top of them, they died from the fire. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it just had to be a nuke, dude. I mean, I, I can't think of any other weapon they could have used. Uh huh. So uh, them being that close to the blaster, I mean, they were they were dead. Like, yeah, for sure. There's no way at all they could have escaped that, you know. Uh huh. What is your opinion of the monster as a whole? Like, do you think it was a good monster? I think it was a confused monster. A confused and upset monster. I mean, but it was good. It was effective. It was, you know, wrecking the entire island. So, yeah. I think so. I think, I think it's a pretty cool, unique design. The way they, they designed it, it was pretty cool. And actually, there, since I have a DVD, there's extras. They interviewed the guy that, that designed it, you know, so that was a pretty cool watch, you know. Yeah. I watched like a, a couple of those extra features, and that was pretty cool. I think, yeah, I agree with you. This monster is pretty effective, and... and Destroying a city, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I really would have liked to know more about it. I know it kind of adds to the mystery or the mystique of it to not know too much, but I really would have liked to to know more, a little bit more, more backstory, or maybe even a sequel. Which, by the way, the next one, Cloverfield Four, which I'm not sure that will be the title of it, but the fourth movie in this universe is going to be a direct sequel to the first. Oh, sweet. So it's because uh, part two and part three are not in the same universe as the first one. Uh 
Yeah. They're so connected by events of part three. Mm-hmm. But part four is going to be in the same universe as the first movie. And, and you know, you might actually see those, uh, the aftermath of what happened, you know? When, do, when does that one come out? I don't know, because the last thing that I read was that they had barely just uh, green, like given it the green light. So oh, okay, sometime last year. So it, it's still in development. It might be a couple of years, dude. Mm. <clears throat> maybe next year, maybe the following year. I don't know. Oh, especially what? with the way things are right now. So, yeah. So, what do you give this creature as a, a rating on the scare meter, my friend? How many skulls does he get? I would give it a seven. A seven. Cool. I I'm gonna agree with you. Also, I was gonna give him a six, but I'm gonna agree with you. Gonna, I feel generous tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so he he did pretty good. He got a seven out of ten skulls in the scare meter from both of us. Yay! <laughs> Alright, so that was the No Than Enemy segment. We'll be taking a little break and coming right back with the closing remarks for tonight's episode. Okay, Monica and the audience, the sad face for tonight. We are at the end of our episode. I want to thank everybody that's been listening, everyone that has been supportive. If it's the first time you are listening, please share our content if you like it. If you don't like it, tell us what you think we could do better because we always welcome stuff like that. Right, Monica? Yes, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, just be courteous, be polite. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, don't uh, go too often. eh. I mean, we, we still have feelings, you know. Yeah, we're not robots. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we always take consideration, uh, you know, suggestions into consideration. So if you feel like we should feature a movie or that we could do something a little different, by all means, do let us know. We will remind you of our social media in a minute or two. But first, I want to give some more shout outs. I want to give a shout out to the people that participated in our merch giveaway. Ooh. That only happened locally, <laughs> like to where I'm at. <laughs> Because of, you know, logistics and everything like that. But I do want to thank Jennifer, Brenda, Cam, Cynthia, and Becca for being the winners. They won a EMBL bundle. Nice. Which was a cup, a sticker, and a guitar. Yay! Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, awesome. And, uh, you know, they're all awesome. They're all my friends. <laughs> so I want to thank them for being supportive. You know, they're, they're, they like the page, they comment, you know, they... they give feedback on, on a somewhat regular basis. So that's cool with them, you know. I appreciate them for that. Any shout-outs on your end, Monica? Yeah, to my friend Broly, um, because he actually, I think, has been listening and sharing. So thank you for that. And keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> keep sharing that content, guys. It doesn't cost you a dime to share it. Press that share button, that like button, that email button. I mean, well, that, that might take a couple minutes, but social media accounts, excuse me. It's going to be our Facebook under Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. Our Instagram is under Myths Behind LGDS. Our Twitter is Myths Behind LGDS. And you can also email us at MythsBehindLegends at gmail.com. All right. Awesomeness. And uh, I, I think it is my turn to give the hint for tonight's or for next week's episode, my friend. Okay. We are going to discuss 
we're gonna go back to doing um not a film or a movie or anything like that we're gonna do kind of like a uh, we're gonna do a ghost story let's put it that way okay we're gonna do a ghost story but it's not a fiction well it's a fictional story maybe if you don't believe in ghosts but it's about <laughs> it's not a book or it's not an actual written story it's, it's about a, a ghost sighting okay but we're gonna we're gonna mix that up a couple. We, we you know we're gonna talk about a couple of those things, but we're also gonna mix it up with some real crime. Ooh, that's gonna be a first project. Right? I don't think we've done like real crime before. Uh uh, no. So we're gonna mix it up a little bit for for next week. I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. Oh duh, of course. <laughs> So, having said all that, that was the episode on Cloverfield. Uh, chan chan. And we may or may not do the rest of the franchise. I mean, I think we should at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm down. I haven't seen part two, by the way. As a full disclaimer. I have. I've seen part two. I don't remember seeing part three. But I know I saw part two. I'm surprised that I haven't seen part two because it has Bay in it, dude. Oh, yeah. Mary Winston, she's Bay. She put Ramona in uh, Scott Pilgrim. You know? Yeah. I have True. been in love with her ever since. <laughs> <laughs> her and like 300 more women in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I fall in love every day, my friend. Like, I'm, I'm, uh... yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so, uh, without having anything more to do here, uh, we want to wish you a great evening, night, morning, late madrugada, hangover. If you're binging, be careful. Uh... <laughs> so, until the next episode, have a good one. Bye.